everybody and welcome to the Court of Public Opinion. I'm Jeremy Cordo from The Garage. It's a Tuesday. It is, what is it? It's the uh, 23rd of January into the year. I hope so far it's been a good year. A huge jump. This is alarming and I wanted to talk to you about it. I'm not exactly sure what we can do about it, frankly. A huge jump in arranged and forced marriages of children here in Australia. Now these are people who have come to Australia. I would think part of their reason would be escaping oppression and the lawlessness of some parts of the world from which many people came. Anyway, they did bring some baggage with them. As with all migrants, the point is we have benefited amazingly from that which people have brought to this country, but there are some things we don't actually particularly want in this country. Now these people come to Australia, it's not their fault, it's our fault. They weren't told that the Islamic practice of girls as young as 11 being trafficked to old men isn't okay. Somehow it didn't come up in conversation or in regulation. I would suspect the reason for that is, oh well, such practices are simply cultural. Huh. Remember, 70% of migrants failed the basic Australian values test. I think that's because this government is not strong on such values. This government would say, oh, we can't discriminate. Well, of course you can discriminate. Law is about discrimination. You break the law, policeman comes along and he's discriminating against you. You've broken the law. Of course we can discriminate. Yes, we bloody well can. A more than 17% jump in the number of girls trafficked or travelling to the Middle East for the purpose of underage marriage. And the same thing goes for female genital mutilation. It is practised in Australia, but some of the enthusiasts for that practice would rather it be done in the Middle East or in Africa. Now these young girls are travelling for the purpose of underage marriage. This has been revealed by the government. Which bureaucrat is going to take responsibility for this monstrosity, I wonder? And when is there going to be some sort of campaign. Firstly, people have to, in order to qualify, they have to speak English and they have to understand the nature of the country they seek to come to. It isn't on, it isn't on this government's radar even. 
I don't know, have you seen any of this story in the popular media? You probably won't. A treaty commission. Ah, you'll see a lot of that. A treaty commission in the Northern Territory put, like our state voice to Parliament, legislated voice, on the back burner while the referendum played out. Uh, let's not confuse uh, uh, inform people. Let's not give them a heads up as to what's going to happen. No way. Anyway, like the SA legislation, the Northern Territory is forging ahead with more of this government-sponsored racism, against which some 60 to 70 percent and in the Northern Territory, it's closer to 70% of people are against. The IMF says that uh, Australia could do a lot more to get inflation under control if it stopped its infrastructure spend and kept its migration intake to a manageable level. By manageable, by manageable management of... of, of uh, immigration I think what they're meaning is that we have to have jobs and we have to have houses for people to live in perfectly reasonable also a warning that the public service has grown and I hadn't picked this up on my radar or my readings the public service has grown to an unsustainable level from a cost of $94 billion a year to now more than $123 billion a year. I bet you they hope that would go under the radar. Alec Baldwin has been indicted, I see, for the second time for the involuntary manslaughter of the cinematographer on the set of The Western Rust. Baldwin, not only the star of the show, but also the producer. I mean, the whole thing to me is quite beyond belief. With an armourer on the set, whose sole purpose was to make sure everything with regard to guns and weapons was safe. This incident should never have happened. This sort of event in the movies is, as far as I can remember, very, very rare. There are so many gunfights. I mean, just go back, you know, I mean, Tom Mix, all the way through to, uh, oh, I don't know, Dirty Harry. Gunfights, westerns, war movies, Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge or whatever it was. <laughs> Crime shows, police and detective stories. You never hear of this kind of mishap. It has to be human error, negligence or a premeditated crime. Crime is everywhere. Unlike an avoidable incident, stroke accident, like this. Remember, anyone, anyone around, well, cars are lethal weapons as well, but anyone around 
should know that simple principle of getting through the day in one's life is that someone is always listening. There is always a toddler behind the car. The microphone is always on. And of course the gun is always loaded. And that's how you treat it. That's how you get through life. And I suppose I could add to that just because you are paranoid, it does not mean that they are not out to get you. I don't know. But uh, Alec could go to jail for, I think, two and a half years. He says he didn't pull the trigger, he just pulled the hammer back. I'm sure he's familiar with guns. I can't imagine a uh, Colt 45. Pete, you, you're familiar with Colts? Yeah. Can you imagine a Colt 45 going off just because you pulled the trigger back? The hammer back. Uh, yeah, no, the hammer. No. Um, it's possible if he didn't pull it all the way. Like, like if he pulled it just a, a couple of millimetres and. Yeah. Be, there are, I think, three or four clicks on the, on yeah, the cog. One allows you to spin the chamber, one yeah. more allows you to cock but the... But if, 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 if he let go of the hammer before that first click, yeah. first notch, it could fire a, a bullet. But uh, wouldn't you have to pull the trigger? He says that, he didn't pull the trigger. In that case, no. If it slipped out from, from under his thumb, it, might, it could possibly hit the... Hit the, the Okay, well then it comes back to the simple thing, why didn't the armourer or he, along the lines of the gun is always loaded, why didn't he check that the, the, the bullet in the chamber was a blank and not a live round? Inexcusable, Pete. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know how they, uh, they... They probably put... They probably put bullets in that have lead so that when you're looking at the gun it oh, you looks can see like something yeah, real, yeah 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 all right yeah yeah so he wouldn't have known that you they employed an armorer for that sole purpose it was her first <laughs> her first gig oh. i know i don't i really don't think i don't think you'd expect alec baldwin to realize that they weren't real bullets as i say they would probably put bullets that have no primer Okay. No powder, but they would have the lead in it. Yeah, well, I, I frankly think you, uh, live rounds on a movie set... Well, it shouldn't have been there. Should not, ...should not be there, should not be there. Anyway, we'll watch it, as they say, with interest. I don't know if uh, they are totally responsible, but here's a question. Are smartphones... Well, this came up when we were doing our live broadcast live streaming on uh, Friday. This came up on the show. Are smartphones making our children dumb? Smartphones, dumb kids? Mm. I don't know, it seems like rather counterintuitive to me. It doesn't sound right. What are we doing? The smartphone can do just about anything. With more to come, of course. And I guess we all need AI, artificial intelligence, one way or another. We won't have any of our own if we keep on getting dumber. We will need artificial intelligence. 
They tell me that the brain is a bit like a muscle. You must use it. What do they say? If, if you don't use it, it, you'll lose it? Use it or lose it. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty frightening if we're creating a, a future population of zombies and you can see the kids walking around the street, just their eyes are glued. They'll walk straight across the road, eyes glued to either texting something or reading a text or making a phone call or something. A rather sad story, I thought, uh, on the 3AW. People in Melbourne aren't planting front gardens as much as they used to because people keep stealing the plants. One man replanted his front garden twice. He, he rang one of the uh, phone-in programs. He couldn't claim on his insurance because the excess was too high. The police weren't interested. So he's just left the front garden bare. He hates it and he'll probably end up moving. It probably won't help, but what I would do would be replant the garden and install security cameras. I mean, these days they are cheap and very good. And you just need that little sign that says you are under constant video surveillance. Get some hard evidence. Cheaper than moving, I would think. Um, I don't know if I've got time, have I? We're still going. Yes, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we've got a battery problem today, ladies and gentlemen. If it starts flashing, give me the thumbs up or the okay. thumbs down or something, will you? Yes. An alarming, inexplicable increase in the number of young people with tongue cancer. Now, tongue cancer, as I understand it, is usually associated with alcohol or smoking and mostly affecting older people. A nearly 20% increase in the number of young people with this awful problem. I mean, not that any cancer is good, but mouth cancer is a particularly nasty one. And no one seems to know what's causing it. Vaping, maybe? Um, I don't know what's happened of late that has changed the uh, Landscape, electric toothbrushes, can't be fluoride in the water. God, do you remember all the crap that was running around about fluoride in the water, which was probably the greatest advance in public health that the world has ever known? But people said, oh, it'll make your bones brittle, and it'll do this, and it'll do that, and it'll take the, take the paint off your house, and oh my God. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure it's not fluoride in the water. Um, tooth whiteners, maybe. Anyway, uh, they are, for what it's worth, on the case. What they'll find, I've got absolutely no idea. Let me um, give you a few dates here and then wish you a very happy day and look forward to your company tomorrow in the Court of Public Opinion. It's January 23. By the way, on Friday when we're doing our live streaming show, jeremycordo.com, from 9 o'clock, it will be Australia Day. We've got to figure out some interesting things to do on Australia Day. Pete, what will we do? Fire up the barbie, I think. Fire <laughs> up the barbie. The, after the show. Yes, sorry. Uh, January 23. Uh, 2020 on this day, <clears throat> China looks down, or rather I should say locks down the city of Wuhan, and it's nine million people in a belated but ultimately successful effort to control the city's covid 19 epidemic. That was this day in 2020.
1973, US President Richard Nixon announces an accord had been reached to end the Vietnam War. Uh, gee, I remember all of those days vividly. Uh, 2019, oh, I love this one. Uh, Twelve camels were disqualified from the King Abdulis Camel Beauty Contest <laughs> in Saudi Arabia after their owners used Botox on their lips. <laughs> Can you imagine a camel with Botox, <laughs> Botox lips? <laughs> but on top of that, you've got a beauty contest <laughs> for camels. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a... I should stop, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, I love camels, but... Well, I love but, camels, but they're too. they're not attractive. They're not beautiful. No. A beauty... Okay. Uh, Whammo Company produces the first Frisbee. Huh. It was originally called the Pluto Platter until 1958. Uh, when it was launched in 57, it became the Frisbee after that. Larry King, the American radio and TV host, the Larry King live show on CNN dives of sepsis and renal failure. Um, oh dear, oh dear, he was only, well he was 87. 87. He could have gone another 10 years, I'm sure. American singer-songwriter Neil Diamond abruptly retires from touring after announcing that he had Parkinson's disease. 2018. I love him. He's wonderful. The world's largest oil spill caused by embattled Iraqi forces in Kuwait, 1991. And I'll leave you with one more. Uh, Chelsea Sullenberger. We had him on the show. Dear Chelsea Sullenberger, marvellous man, went on to write books. He's retired now. <clears throat> American pilot. Successfully executed emergency landing U.S. Airways Flight 1549 on the Hudson River. He was born in Denison, Texas on this day in 1951. He's younger than me. Why the hell? Why did you retire, Chelsea? Sully Sullenberg, they used to call him. Anyway, it was a great interview. I haven't read his book yet. But uh, it, would be, it would be a very good book to, to get and to buy. Thank you very much for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. You'll be happy to know. Oh, by the way, we get, we, I've had a few messages about the fly. Pete, you notice the fly hasn't come back? Well, no, it must have died of starvation. Oh, well, it we could. Down here for, for <laughs> it three could. Weeks. Well, it could. We were away for about a month, and I suppose it died of perhaps boredom. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Anyway, we like to be of service. Uh, but thank you for noticing that. Appreciate that. We'll see you tomorrow. Believe in yourself. I'm Jeremy Cordo, Peter Clayton behind the camera. We will see you then. Goodbye for now and thank you for viewing the Court of Public Opinion.